let's start from verse number 18 and when he they had come to him he said to them you know from the first day that i came to asia in what manner i always lived among you serving the lord with all humility with many tears and trials and which happened to me by the plotting of the jews how i kept back nothing that was helpful but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly from house to house testifying of the to the jews and also to the greeks repentance towards god and faith toward our lord jesus christ and see now i go bound in the spirit to jerusalem not knowing the things that will happen to me there except that the holy spirit testifies in every city saying that the chains and tribulations await me hallelujah but none of these things move me do i count my life dear to myself so that i may finish my race with joy i do not count my life nor do i count my life dear to myself so that i may finish the race that is the race with joy and the ministry which i have received from the lord jesus christ to testify to the gospel of grace of the grace of god hallelujah verse 25 says that and indeed nor do i nor now i know that you all among whom i have gone preaching the kingdom of god will see my face no more therefore i testify to you this day that i am innocent of the blood of all men hallelujah i think i'll stop here because we all know the story i, I want to go deeper a little bit today isn't it where, where am where are we how many have you got so far seven, seven. we got to verse 22 didn't we yeah, being led, verse 22 says, I go bound in the spirit, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that the change, that chains and tribulations await me. Hallelujah. So he says that he doesn't know what is going to happen except that every city the prophecy that has come is very simple the prophecy is that chains and tribulations await him and in spite of that he is still going amen he knows what is awaiting him but because he's been led by the spirit he's going and i said to you the last week that one of the cardinal uh, characteristic of any great leader is to be led by the spirit of God whether to nice places or not are uh, you getting what I'm saying because the Bible says in, in uh, Romans 8 14 they that are led by the spirit of God they are what the sons of God you see as a leader the tendency is that you'll be led by other things apart from the spirit are you with me you can be led by your own uh, grandeur or your own 
pride or your own proclivities, anything that you know you are, you want to, to be led by, by, by certain things. I mean, I don't know whether you have known, know, you know some of these things, but like some pastors, you see some pastors have destroyed churches because they were led by their inner ego to become like this church, this pastor, or like that pastor. Some people have been, have spoiled beautiful things that they started because they wanted to show somebody where power lies. And that has destroyed many beautiful things. You know, you find some, some people who, they, they abandoned the, the, the church and the ministry and all that we are come there for, for months and months or weeks on end, we come to hear pastor fighting with another person in the church or another leader in the church. So when he comes, it's like, shall we open to the Bible and you know that there's this fire? And you can even tell where the fire is going. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, 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 and I mean, one thing I learned from a long time ago that I will never allow any human being to hijack my pulpit <laughs> through anger. <laughs> I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say. Because it's very, very easy to be, to use your pulpit to, to, to show or to declare your, your side of, of, of the story or your authority or your power. No, no, don't do that. Allow the spirit of God to lead you. Amen. Allow the spirit. You see, we realized uh, the last time that when, when Jesus died and Peter was in charge, and there was hunger in the system. Hunger directed him, said, I'm going back to fishing. And then the whole congregation said, that we go with you. I told you that the leader's, the leader's mistake is our mistake. It's not his own mistake. Are you with me? Allow the spirit of God to lead you. If you're going to be a good leader of your home, a good leader of your your, your own life, a good leader of your little group or your good leader of the church God has blessed you, allow, allow the spirit of God. What is the spirit of God saying? The problem we have sometimes is that we don't know how to decipher what the spirit of God is saying. And what, you want to say. and what your own flesh is saying. The Bible said there are, it may be several kinds of voices and none of them is without signification. Every voice can speak, but any voice that speaks, you must test the voice. The Bible says, test every spirit. Anything that comes which does not line up to the word of God is not from God. And we read the scripture that there's nobody who, who is led by the spirit who will call Jesus a curse. Are you with me? Because when you are led by the spirit... You have to line up to the word because God has so elevated his word that he himself will not go above his word. Are you with me? So even if it leads your, your, your chains, so long as the spirit has spoken and it's in line with the word of God, follow it. Hallelujah. I came to realize a long time ago that when God is leading you, can I speak to you? When God is leading you, it is not always smooth. God doesn't lead us always to the nice places. And you see, normally when God is leading you, you're always on edge. 
Because he's, he comes through only at the last minute. You, 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 you will never feel in charge. You know, <laughs> let me say something. Do you know that there's nothing like a straight wood or tree? There's no tree. Nature is not straight. When man takes what nature has made, man will make it straight. That, that is to say that we like straight things. We like things that we can control. We like things we can understand. We like things that we are in charge of. We can see as it's coming. We know that this plus, this plus, this will give us this. And, and so we become okay because we can relate. But see, when God is, is in charge, when the Spirit of God is in charge, you cannot control things. How many can understand what I'm saying? It's like he's going here, then he turns here, then he turns here, then after you, you feel on edge. Amen. I'm giving you a clue as to how to know when the Spirit of God is in charge. Amen. So let's move on. Number, what number are we on? Number eight. Okay. Verse 22. See now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will before will happen to me. There, hallelujah. One of the manner of lives of any leader is fearlessness. Fearlessness. Note that I didn't say courage. I didn't say courage. I said what? Fearlessness. There's a difference between courage and fearlessness. You see, as a leader, things will make you afraid. People will make you afraid. And if you are easily influenced by fear, you will be influenced by people. <laughs> I don't know whether he, 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 you can understand what I'm saying. See, fear will rob you of the victory that God has won for you. Fear will rob you easily of victory. Fear will make you do the wrong things. Fear will make you make mistakes. Amen. Fear will make you take the wrong decision. Out of fear. And sometimes you don't even know that you are, you are, this decision you took was because of fear. But when you critically analyze, you can see that it's, it's fear. You know, when you read 1 Samuel 17, when the story about David and Goliath, how many remember the story? The Bible says that the, the people of, of Israel, the people of, of the Philistines encamped and pitched their tent in Shoko on the hill. And uh, Israel also came to respond from the valley. And the champion of the Philistines came out and said, why must you come and fight me? Why must you come and fight us as an army? Listen, choose one champion from your, your place and let him come and stand and fight me. And one-on-one, -on -one, and whoever wins 
Are you getting it? Now, the conventional mode of war is that we gather our army. You also gather your army. And then, on your marks, get set, go. And then we just, we just face each other. And then, let the chips fall wherever they may. Are you getting it? But here is the case. Somebody comes out and they say, no, this fight, we are not going to fight it the way we normally fight. I am deciding, and you can see the fear that Saul, who was supposed to be the king, was in, the leader. You know, the Bible says that Saul, he stood head and shoulders above every man. He was a very tall guy. His shoulder was higher than every man's head. So, really, in essence, he is supposed to be the champion. Uh, I don't know whether you're getting it. He's a champion who is supposed to go and, and face the champion. God, not only is he the tallest guy, he's also the king. But when the, things, the, 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 the chips are down, he says, no, let's keep everybody in the valley. So the Bible says that every morning, as before, this uncircumcised Philistine will come and taunt the armies of Israel. Have you found your person? See, fear can make us stand still in the ministry and not take a step in the valley. Fear can make us be in one place and not go anywhere. Because, we, because all they needed was for the king to say that, listen, forget about this guy, let's all go. But fear paralyzed him. And when the little young 17-year-old boy came and said, I'm going to go and fight him. He said, okay, if you're going to go, take my clothes. My big coat. <laughs> ah! You, you are wearing the big coat that fits you, you couldn't go. Me, my size, you want me to wear this oversized thing, go and fight. In fact, he was saying that, no, no, don't go and fight. He was stopping him. Because, listen, you, you are only but a youth. And this man has been a warrior from his youth. So you can't go. Hallelujah. See, fear has a way of paralyzing you. Yeah, fear. And sometimes the people you are leading can intimidate you. You see, Saul missed the throne because of the fear of the people. When he was instructed, when you go, kill everything. The people said, no, we want this, we want this goat. I like this, I like this, I like this, I like this. Then he said, I have totally and utterly obeyed everything you told me. Everything is destroyed. But the people kept the best things to come and sacrifice to your God. Talking to someone. And I kept the king because they didn't allow me to kill. Who is leading who? See, sometimes people you are leading will make you be afraid. Listen, if you don't give me this appointment, I'll be leaving. No, the other day, somebody came into my office and said, Pastor, uh, you know, before I came to this church, 
You know, I used to, I was with the, uh, I was about to start the church, so I've, I'm a man of God, so I have come to tell you that I'll be leaving to go and start the church because I'm, I'm here. I can't see whether you're appointing me as a pastor or not. The following Sunday, I said, today is your last day. Go. He was surprised. I said, go, don't come back. Yeah. I cannot be under pressure by you. When the church was starting, where were you? Now, now you have come. You are coming to push me to make you appoint. I won't appoint you today. I won't appoint you tomorrow. Have you seen the door? Don't let it hit you as you are going. He was surprised. Listen, never let anybody intimidate you from the place God has put you so that you make a mistake. If I haven't heard from God, I'm not taking a step. Whether you make your face or you, it won't move me at all. At all, at all, at all, at all. He was surprised. I told him. He said, okay. I said, okay, okay. The next day I came to church. I said, oh, this man is leaving. Today is his last. He's going to start the church. We are taught up to now. He hasn't started the church. You are coming to use. Yeah, I'm going to start. I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you. I see if when you leave me, I'll collapse. Because fear, people who you are leading can intimidate you. Are, are you getting it? Yeah. So there are people who have money. <laughs> people who give big tithes and big offerings. By the grace of God, I don't have any in my church. <laughs> and I'm very, very happy about that. You know those big, those big tight pairs? Pastor, they don't do anything. And they will come and then with their big... Uh, the, uh, you come, uh, Pastor. You know, these messages of uh, uh, people, adultery, and you are preaching it too much. Stop, go and preach something else. <laughs> that, that, that day, if you say that, if you tempt me, that day, you, I will call your name and preach with it. Oh, you'll be surprised. Can't come to. If you play ball, I will give. No, don't give. The fear of losing the money, losing those influential people, losing the politician who has come to the church, losing the footballer who is now come. When he pays his tithe, we are all happy. <laughs> his, his one week tithe can solve our financial problem for the whole year. Our prayer topics will be reduced. You will see Michael shouting and screaming. Hallelujah. No, no, no. See, fear is not of God. Fear is not of God. And if you don't take care, people will intimidate you with their faces. Jeremiah, he was a young person. He was preaching. The people had squeezed their face. Sometimes when you are preaching, people squeeze their face. Or sometimes, as you are preaching, you tend to somebody and the person will go, you know that kind of thing. Huh. When you do that, have you seen these two eyes? I'll take them out, roll them, and show it to you. <laughs> no, no, no. As a leader, you must maintain a spirit of fearlessness so that you'll be able to stay on course. Are you getting it? The difference between David and Saul. Saul 
was afraid. David was not afraid. And David had more intimidating people. He had mighty men, mighty men. working under him. People like Joab and Abner and people like the wild guys. But he was able to control them. That's what makes him a leader. Are you getting what I'm saying? It is not every leader who has that thing. But I'm, I'm praying that all of us in this room will develop that thing. Sometimes the fear of failure will not, not make you take a step. Go and start a chapel. What if I go and fail? What if uh, it goes and it collapses? What if uh, it, nobody comes? What if, what if, but what if it works? Hmm. Have you thought of that? What if, what if, what if it's working? Why are you allowing fear to paralyze you? Take the step. God has not given us the spirit of fear. He has given us a spirit of love and a sound mind. Don't let anybody intimidate you. At all. No, 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 no. You cannot intimidate me. One day, I had a pastor who asked to go and start the church. He has started the church. The church is working. Then this elderly man came to the church with his wife. That elderly man was in my church before and used to cause trouble. And one day, I had a private meeting with him. And that was the last day he came to the church. I mean, he was much elder, elderly. But I had a, I won't talk through the microphone you know, indirectly to you. No, no, he was, he was very surprised. And that was the last day he came to the church. Then when he heard that I had sent this young man to go and start the church there, then he went to that church. Then the, pastor, the, the, the young pastor also saw him. He was like, oh, uh, 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 uncle something. He said, the man will be at home and call that he, the pastor should come and pick his wife to go shopping. Then the pastor will drive from his house, come and pick the, the wife to go shopping. I, I'm not telling you a story. And it's like, he'll call the pastor, eh, eh, I'm at the laundrette, I've finished. Can you come and pick me to take me home? And the pastor, hey. Because <laughs> the guy was afraid that if he doesn't do the right thing with this man. The man will leave because the man was not coming alone. He came with his, with his five children. So like, can you imagine a husband, a wife, and five children? The church is, is powerful. Yeah. So he said, come take me to the laundrette. Come take me to, uh, uh, I want to go and visit this my friend in somewhere. Come and take them. He will also go. The day I had, I called the pastor. I said, what is wrong with you? Are you a driver? Are you a servant? What is wrong? From today, your only relationship is the pastoring church members. You are not a driver. You are not a personal chauffeur, personal handbag carrier. You are pushing trolley, tro trolley behind somebody's wife as they are doing shopping. I'm not telling you a story. This actually happens. Yeah. 
The day I stopped this pastor, that was the last day they went to the church. And see, if you don't take care, people will intimidate you. And make people, you see, people are very complex. Are you with me? People are very complex. You see, dealing with human beings is a very, very complicated job. It's a very complicated. People are very, people are very complex. And, and you see, if you don't take care, they will either they will force you to do the wrong thing. Moses missed heaven. Missed the promised land because of the people. Are you with me? So you stay focused on what God has called you to do. He says that I know that this place I'm going is chains and death. Because just a few verses before, Prophet Agabus had prophesied. He took his mantle and tied that Paul's mantle and tied it on his hand. And said that the owner of this is what is going to happen to the owner of this mantle. And those days when Agabus prophesies, that's God. His prophecy is dito dito. So it meant that destination. But it says that if for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I'm going. Hallelujah. Let's read on. So it's what? Fearlessness. Amen. Then the next one, verse 23. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying, the chains, the chains and tribulations await me. Amen. Chains and tribulations await me. The next one is being spirit-filled. There are two different things. Spirit-led is not the same as being spirit-filled. Because you can easily be a leader and be filled with fear or jealousy or pride or something else and not the spirit of God. Amen. Listen to what he says in Ephesians 3. This is Paul writing to the, the church. This same church leader's uh, we, he's talking to, this is what he wrote to them. Verse 16, he said that, that, he, that, that Christ will grant you according to his riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Hallelujah. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the depth, the length, and the, the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit of God, is something that as a leader, in fact, that starts now. I don't know whether it starts before you, you even become a leader. You've got to start feeling the word, preaching, worship, prayer, feeling yourself, feeling yourself, feeling yourself, because that is what will help you. Amen. That is what will help you in the journey of leadership. 
Am I talking to somebody? Being filled with the Holy Spirit is, is a deliberate thing. How many have eaten and been to, to the full before you felt very full that you couldn't eat again? Yesterday, my wife fed me so fat. I couldn't, at a point, I couldn't eat again. I mean, the, the food had been finished and it was very nice. So I was trying to force more food inside. Hallelujah. You see, that must be, you see, anything that is natural has its equal spiritually. You know, you can easily be alive and never have never been full. Every time you eat, you eat like a bed. How do you know what I'm talking about? Those who are trying to be on diet. Yeah. It's like you eat like a, what do you call it? A grain of a, a, the, 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 it's up to here. I remember once Beulah did a, a, what do you call it? Diet plan. Me, I'm sitting my somewhere. <laughs> I'm minding my own business. Not knowing some people had had a meeting that they had prepared diet plan. Me, I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> ah, now I am in my house. The diet plan has been imported to my house. <laughs> they do the rice like this. Then they put a lot of grass. A lot of grass on it. And then some seeds. They put grass and seeds. And then they put one, one bird, a bird fish, or said, I don't know. <laughs> one bird fish, they put it on top. Then they can't put it in front of me. I say, hey. The first day, I, you see, my mom taught me growing up, any food they put in front of you, eat it. So me, I'm not the fussy type of eater. Anything you put in front, even when I don't like it, I'll eat it. Because from childhood, we're never giving. Because so, I come from a very big family. So you'll be lucky even, to, and I was the last born. So to be lucky to get food. So anything you put, you, have, you better eat it and shut up. Because by the time you are complaining, somebody has taken your food and eaten it. <laughs> <laughs> so at first one I ate. Second day, they put the food I ate. Third day, the minister said, No, today, that's for today, no. Ah, what is am I bed? <laughs> they are putting seeds and grass in front of me. <laughs> and I got to know that it was this girl. I prayed some prayer over her. <laughs> Amen. But you see, those type of people, they don't get filled. They are, uh, and so they'll be losing weight. They'll be losing weight. They'll be losing weight. And then, you see, when they lose weight, they become weaker and weaker and weaker. Uh, are you getting what I'm saying? In the same way, spiritually, when you are not being filled, you are becoming weaker. Jude and 20. Jude and 20. says that, beloved, building yourselves up. In your most holy faith. Are you with me? Praying. Are you in Jude? Jude verse 20. Jude has only one chapter. Okay. In your most holy. Pray in the Holy Spirit. See, when you have to build yourself as muscles, you have to be in the gym all the time. Am I making sense? To put on the muscles. In the same way, you have to be in the word all the time. You have to be in prayer all the time. You have to be in, 
in the area atmosphere of worship all the time, which is, you, you see, some of us don't know how to do our own worship. You want Kiran to play, but Kiran will not be in your room to play keyboard for you. <laughs> Are you, or, or, or Georgina, or uh, you need to lead worship before you can sing along. No. You must learn to be your own worshiper. Am I talking to somebody? That's how you build your spirit, man. If you are going to lead your home, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you are going to lead the church, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you are going to be, lead your children, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Because the leader has to be the, 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 the protector. You see, you don't just preach. You provide protection for the congregation because you are the shepherd. And the Bible says, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. So the, the enemy's target is you. Are you getting it? So you have to be strong. And to be strong means to be filled. Amen. Have you seen those bodybuilders? How many have seen bodybuilders? Do you know the type of food they eat? Do you know the, the number of eggs and chickens that they have to eat? To, to go and yeah, do those, those exercises. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that type of unique type of eating. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You have to eat well. Amen. As a spiritual person, you have to eat well. Amen. Eat the word well. Stop the salads. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know that those type of uh, uh, what do you call it daily daily uh, daily devotion you read one verse and then they, they give you a story of a basketball player and then they give you the <laughs> the, the thought of the day <laughs> and then you are it's like you have had your quiet time you are going that's that's grass with a few uh, what do you call it seeds that's the Mueller type of food no, no, that doesn't work Hallelujah. Make time to study. Amen. Bible says that study to show yourself approved. When you study, you are approved. When you pray, you are filled, you are strengthened. Then you can lead well. Am I talking to somebody? Let's move on, let's move on, let's move on. Verse 24. Verse 24. But none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. Amen. He says that I am going to be faithful to the cause. Faithful. So that I can finish my race. Amen. Being faithful is a cardinal manner of life for a leader. You see, you see, I'll tell, I'll tell you something. Faithfulness is in two parts. Being faithful to your calling is one. But being faithful to the people that you are, you are leading is another. And sometimes it's dif difficult. See, faithfulness is never ever uh, tried until afflictions come. Do you understand? For instance, you don't know whether you'll be faithful to your husband or wife until they are sick. 
until something happens. Then we'll, that will test. That will test your faithfulness. Are, are you getting it? You can say you are faithful, but when afflictions test your spouse or the people you are supposed to be leading, that is when you will know whether you are faithful or not. I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. But Paul is such a person who, even when the people came and left, and they came back, he had a big heart to still continue faithfully. Even when they forsook him, he had the ability to still stay on course. I don't know whether you are getting... I had, I had, a, I had a, a, a church member who I was training to be a pastor. In fact, he was my first, uh, what do you call it? He was my first, uh, if you like, impact leader. Teenage church, first one. And then a time came, there was an opportunity to start a branch. And then I sent him. When I sent him, he said, I don't like him. That's why I'm sending him away from the church. So he won't go. So he didn't go. So I sent somebody else. And the person went and took over the church and became a pastor. Then he, the same person, turned around and said that when I was sending him, I said he should go and be a member of the church. When I was sending somebody else, I said he should go and be a pastor. So he got angry and left. A few years later, this same guy came back to sit under my feet. You know, if you are not faithful you will not relate with such a person. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah, but faithfulness is not just only to the calling, but have a heart so that when the people go, misbehave and come, you are still there. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. You know, you, you still have a heart to receive whosoever. Receive them. You, you see, it, there are two different things. It's, it's not, I'm not angry at you. I may be angry with the sin. Or the things that you are doing that I'm not happy about. But you. Because they are two different people. The person is not the sin. The person is not the character they are holding. Their character is one thing, the person is another. I don't know whether you understand what I'm trying to say. So you must learn how to separate so that you stay faithful to helping people, faithful to pastoring people. Otherwise, you become you. The wind is against you. Never come here again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, let's move on. And the ministry which I have received from the Lord to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Hallelujah. What verse was this? 24, let's read on. And indeed, now I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God will see my face no more. 26. Therefore, I testify to you this, this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. Amen. I am innocent of the blood of all men. How many can say that you are innocent of the blood of all men? Yeah. 
He says, I haven't misled you. I haven't done anything but good to you. See, in Ezekiel, the Bible says that when I say to the wicked that he will die because of sins and you don't go and warn him, when he dies, I will require the blood from your hand. But when you go and you tell him and he doesn't listen to you, then I'll require his blood from his own hand and you are clean. Are you with me? Which means that as a leader, you must always tell the people the truth about what the word of God is saying. Even if it will mean that they will hate you, tell the truth. Even if it means they will dislike you, because never ever be guilty of anybody's blood. Amen. Never be guilty of another man's blood. Tell them the truth. When they like it, fine. If they don't like it, well, praise God. Hallelujah. Have you learned something? <laughs> My time's up, eh? Okay. Let me give you one, one more. One more. 27. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. I have not resisted. I have not stopped. I have not, you know, digressed. But I have always told you with passion. One of the character of traits of, of, of Paul that every leader must have is passion. 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 Passion to correct the wrong. Passion to stay on the side of the truth. Passion to the core of God on your life. Amen. Passion. See, sometimes we, 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 we are doing things, but we don't have passion. So one small thing, we, we just stop. See, this church you are doing, Pastor William, this church you are doing, if you don't have passion, eh, you will give up. Yeah. If you don't have passion, see, if you don't have passion, eh, this thing, you you will you, you give up. Yeah. Because like you use all your heart to build. And as you are building, some people are not there. But they are coming. And when they come, it's as if they have been sent to come and spoil what you are doing. <laughs> I, I use me and you see that is when your passion must stand up and fight to correct that thing are you getting this otherwise people and their some winners will spoil what you are doing uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying yeah 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 and you see their mind is not even on what you are doing <laughs> it's not like they, they have come purposely because they want to spoil your church. No, no, their mind is not even on it. But they are, they are some witness is spoiling what you are doing. And if you leave it, it will be spoiled. If you don't have passion for what you are doing, you leave them. Uh, are you getting it? Yeah. This is life and death. Oh, 
Oh, you don't, you don't. It's life and death. Yeah. If you don't do this ministry with life and death in mind, you will not do it well. Because it takes that to do it. If you are not passionate, you leave it. Because you push and push and listen, mm -hmm. let me try something else, man. <laughs> and then you'll be gone. These people, uh, the, the Lord, they say, He said that as you kick my the sun on them, <laughs> you'll be kicking the sun on the people everywhere you go. Because you don't have the passion to stay long and see it work. I was talking to somebody who says, Hey, so you are still doing this thing. <laughs> so somebody called me. Somebody called me and he said, Ah, you know, I haven't spoken to you for a long time. Then, like, I don't know, somebody wished me a happy birthday or something, and then he saw, and then when he saw my name come, then he went onto my wall, then he started to look at, like, uh, Facebook Live preaching and preaching. Hey, so he called me, he said, hey, so you're still doing this thing? This one, I thought, you are, I, I thought by now you are, you are tired, you are finished. <laughs> He said, yeah, I thought by now, yeah, because this, this guy, I've known this guy from way back. And he doesn't even go to church anymore. And he'll say, I thought by now you would have to. You are still doing this thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a life and a death. If you don't do that, Listen, after a few weeks, a few months, a few years, you'll give up. Yeah, you'll give up. Because by the time people have beaten you and cursed you and insulted you and called you names and disappointed you and left you. Oh, see me? I have, I have buffer. Yeah, 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 I have buffer. I'm waiting for you to come and say, Pastor, I'm leaving. Do you get it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I've seen a lot of people leave. Mm -hmm. So I have insurance <laughs> inside me. Yeah. yeah. So you, you will never, you'll never take me by surprise by when you come say, I'm leaving. Oh, by the time you somebody has taken over, we are still moving. Otherwise, you will give up. Be passionate. It's difficult, I know. But that is the only way to succeed. Hallelujah. Yeah. You want to see your children do well. Be passionate about their well-being. Don't be half-hearted half about it. Always on them. Always on them. There must, be, there must never be any time that your child is doing something you are not aware of. Or he's somewhere and you are not sure where they are. No, no, no. Have a spiritual tracker. Track them. <laughs> track them. Preach, Pastor. I say track them. You see, when you are passionate about something, you develop all sorts of different uh, mechanisms to look into the thing. <laughs> to make it work. You invent a lot of things to, to make sure that the thing is working. You see, when you are passionate about your marriage, you invent, you invent different things, things. different things, things to make it work. Yeah. If you are not passionate, you will give up. Eunice just said you are preaching. Yeah. 
She's inventing things. <laughs> I don't want trouble. Let me stay. Let me stay a Christian. Hallelujah. You see, when you have passion, eh, you invent new things. Listen, this church, I have passion about it. Passion, you, you will never believe it. I sleep with it, I wake up with it. Yeah. And it's not this church. Everywhere I've been, it's the same thing. I'm always coming up with new things. I'm always coming because I am always praying about it. I'm always, I, I'm, because I'm passionate about it. And that is the secret to success. If you are not passionate, you give up. Have you seen that people play football? You try wearing shorts and going to stand mine or something degrees outside and run around for two, three hours and see how it feels like. It's not a joke, but they have a certain passion to do it every time. Monday is very cold. They are out there doing practice. Morning and evening, they are there. Tuesday, they are there. Wednesday, they are there. Thursday, they are there. Friday, they are there. Saturday, they are there. Sunday, you think they will, they will sit at home. No, they go back again. It's passion that drives. There was no apostle more passionate than Paul. And that's how come he was able to achieve and accomplish what he achieved. Because he had so much passion for the ministry. I don't know what you are passionate about. But if you don't have passion, it won't work.